This is the Social Savvy Geek Show with Laura Pensatencio on KDMT, Denver's Money Talk, 1690 AM. Thank you for tuning in to the Social Savvy Geek Show. I'm glad you're here. Whether you're catching the live show or replay, thank you for listening. I'm Laura Pensatencio, and last show, I talked about the best timelines for promoting your live event. Today, we will be talking about why you need funnels before, during, and after your best event. We'll cover why getting people to attend your event is not the end of your marketing. So we've all been to events. I, can, I can't count how many events that I've been to in my life. Probably thousands. And if it isn't, it certainly feels like thousands. Um, some of the events I've been to were, you know, for business were absolutely fantastic and others not so much. And what was the difference? Sometimes the events met my expectations. Sometimes I had no idea what to expect and I was there for some reason anyway. I don't like that. Many events were really hyped up and then my experience was underwhelming. That's what I mean by marketing before and during your event. You spend a lot of time and effort getting people to come. While you have them, you must treat them well and meet the expectations that you have set. <clears throat> Excuse me. I swear, I am allergic to Colorado, so bear with me. Um, so you have you should have an offer available at your event, which means that there is a logical next step for your attendees to take. Making sure their expe expectations are like met or exceeded allows attendees to accept your offer with much less resistance or objection. And that's not the end. You will want to have follow-up systems in place before you hold your next event. You're listening to the Social Savvy Geek Show. I'm Laura Pensatencio. You can download your free email swipe file from socialsavvygeek.com forward slash podcast and follow me at socialsavvygeek on Twitter. Why would you spend months or weeks marketing an event and then let all the momentum that you've built up prior to the event die? It seems silly, right? <laughs> I think it is, but it happens all the time. Usually, the best events have the best follow-up, but not always. Even experienced marketers miss this step sometimes, myself included. I have done this. I've spent time and energy getting people into workshops or speaking engagements, and then left them to their own devices to follow up with me. That was wasted effort on my part, and I may go so far as to say it could have even been self-sabotage in the past. I'm not sure. I'm not your woo-woo guru, but <laughs> I suspect that perhaps a fear of too much business at once uh, can make us put the brakes on. And then we're hurting ourselves, which, you know, ouch. I'm not going to get too woo-woo on you here, but once I identified these flaws in my own systems, I made sure to do the prep work not only for marketing the event itself, but also for marketing myself and my offers during the event and for following up appropriately. If I put all this out into the world in the right way, then it's much harder for me to put the brakes on on my own work. After implementing this type of ongoing cyclical marketing where one thing leads to the next thing and the steps and processes are repeated, I found that I didn't need to slow down. 
Now I go full speed ahead, and if I need more help to handle things, then I get some more help. It's much better, I promise. <clears throat> so I'd like to give you just a couple of examples of not marketing during an event so you know what I'm talking about. Um, an, event, an example of not marketing during the event is not having a sign-up form available, not letting people opt in to whatever it is that you're offering next, or simply not even making an offer from the stage, giving people no expectation for what the next best step, next best step is to take with you. And when you're very first starting out, it could simply be as much as sign up on this form to get a consultation with me. It doesn't have to be super complicated, but if you're doing you know, a big event down the road, each event you should be marketing to the people in the event that are already there, that have already proved or interested enough to you to come out and see you physically, should be offering them the next thing and letting them know what it is and why it's important for them to be there and why it would benefit them, how it gets them closer to their goal, and then get their information so you know these people are the people that are even more interested and likely to move forward. It's, again, it's just silly not to do that. And when I was new, you know, I didn't used to do it. I got it wrong. I've, I've talked about that before. But now, you bet your bottom dollar, if you are at an event and I'm speaking, I'm going to let you know how to get a hold of me or what you can do next to continue to work with me if I'm your person. If you're not my person, then that's fine. But for those who are, if someone's sitting in the audience and they're ready, ready to work with you and you don't tell them how, you're doing a disservice to them. They're ready. Give them the next step. So another example, um, let's say of marketing, not marketing after the event is not having an email system in place prior to the event, which if you didn't have a sign-up sheet, probably makes sense. But we want a sign-up sheet and then we also want follow-up emails in place that let people know what's going on, how you can help them, at least let them know who you are and what you're about. Um, and then also, again, with not having the next logical step ready to share. Now, there are different types of events. I'm not saying that you should go to a speaking engagement where you're keynote and sell from the stage. That's not quite appropriate. But if you're the keynote, then you know how to speak in a way and present yourself in a way that people will naturally ask you how they could work with you if it's appropriate. That's part of the game. Now, if you're at your own event, I'm not saying you need to beat people over the head with things, but you should let them know what's going on, why you're there, how you can serve them, how they can move forward. It's not like we brought a bunch of people out for a music concert and we're like, here's the music, okay, now go away. No, even then they want you to buy the t-shirts and perhaps the next album and they'll tell you about that stuff. But I have been to speaking engagements where someone came and they did a great job and then they just left it hanging. And people were so ready. There are people sitting in the audience for you who are sitting there just love you. And they're like, take my money. Take my money. How can I work with you? What's next? What do I do? And then you don't tell them. So they leave. And the excitement goes away. And not to say that they're going to unfollow you or they might not come out to the next thing. They may. 
But wouldn't it be easier if you invited them right away while they're excited? Let's create less work for ourselves, shall we? I think that it's much easier if you plan for the before, the during, and the after before the event. You're not scrambling around there going, oh gosh, what am I going to offer them? What am I going to say at the end? What's the next thing? No, no, no. You should know that. You should know that before you go. So have you been marketing during and after your event? Had you even thought of what you're doing during the event in the terms of marketing? Because if you haven't, you're not alone. You're listening to the Social Savvy Geek Show. I'm Laura Pensatencio. Find out more about me at socialsavvygeek.com. I'll share tips for marketing during and after your event after this word from our sponsors. Mark your calendars, boys and girls. Social Media Day Denver is coming soon. Every year on June 30th, social media fans around the world come together each year to celebrate the myriad of ways in which social media has radically changed our lives for the better. Join us at Social Media Day Denver, June 30th, 2018. Collaborate with influencers, leaders, and dynamic speakers. Social Media Day Denver is a full-day conference full of recognized leaders in the social media industry, both locally and nationally. You don't want to miss out. Join us at Social Media Day Denver, June 30th, 2018, and receive exclusive insider social media knowledge, relevant and actionable content you can apply immediately into your business, make impactful connections and relationships for life, and meet and chat with the experts. This event is enlightening and fun for entrepreneurs and small business owners and anyone else who wants to be a part of this dynamic group of social media experts. Find out more at socialmediadaydenver.com. What is all the buzz about with Boost Biz Ed? Known for the past eight years as Boost Denver to their regulars, Boost Biz Ed Denver connects experienced business educators who have a heart to teach with brave and talented business owners who seek to learn new skills in a free-to-the-public format. By attending these Boost Power Sessions, small business owners and solopreneurs take away immediate, life-changing, actionable items that radically catapult their business trajectories. Please join them the first and third Wednesdays of each month from 9.30 to 11 a.m. That's downtown at the Spaces Ballpark park location. See BoostBizEd.com for more details. With each Boost session you attend, you'll walk away empowered to apply specific action that will immediately improve your business. Who doesn't want to do that? Their speaker topics include leadership, sales, marketing, and other subjects vital to the success of any business. Boost Biz Ed attracts great people. Networking happens naturally here, before and after all Boost sessions. Again, join them the first and third Wednesdays of each month from 9.30 to 11 a.m. downtown at the Spaces Ballpark location. See BoostBizEd.com for more details. We now return to The Social Savvy Geek, Laura Pence Atencio, on KDMT, Denver's Money Talk, 1690 AM. You're listening to The Social Savvy Geek Show. I'm Laura Pence Atencio. I'm sharing with you why marketing your event doesn't stop once you get people to register and show up. Download your free email swipe file to see exactly how we follow up after an event and use it as a basis for your own email series. Visit the show notes at socialsavvygeek.com forward slash podcast to get yours now. How is marketing different before, during, and after your event? What do you need to do? So you know funnels are extremely important and you can listen to season one, episode six, to learn what a funnel is and how to use one for your business. Go through the foundations in that, so I'm not going to repeat myself here, but today... We're talking about funnels from a different standpoint, using funnels before, during, and after your live event. And 
most people don't usually think of a funnel while they're at an event, uh, either attending or presenting, but it's just the path that you're leading people down. So it is technically a funnel. So you do need funnels before your event to get regis registrants to register. Sounds kind of repetitive, registrants to register and to show up. So at this point, you're building anticipation and setting expectations. And we talk a lot about the before on this show. And I, I think I fairly well talk about the after. We don't talk a lot about the during. So during your event, you should be gaining buy-in and moving people to their next logical step, i.e. making an offer. Now, after the event, you need another funnel to follow up thank your guests and convert your attendees into the next logical step that you offer during the event. And then also to continue the communication. So even though I break things down into this funnel, that funnel, you know, before, during and after, it's kind of like you got these like, they're like Russian nesting dolls. You know, one goes inside, the other goes inside the other. So you could have one big funnel, or you could have one big one with little nesting dolls, you know, they build upon each other and they, they make sense in that, in that way. So some different ways you could use your funnel before the event, um, to get people into your, um, speaking, you actually, this is more about how you could get your eyeballs on, which again, we talk about this all the time. So I'm just going to real fast through it. Speaking engagements, webinars, um, your own email list to get people excited. You can use affiliates to fill seats, uh, get other people to buy in and share with their lists of people. Uh, you can develop relationships with vendors and sponsors and have them share the event. Um, and then it's storytelling, making sure people know why they want to be there and getting them excited, setting the expectation. So we talk, as I said, we talk about that all the time, but how to convert people during your event. You need to make sure that you remember calls to action while your event is going on. You can help people to upgrade. They could get VIP status. They could get another future event. You could offer bonuses. Um, you could offer private member coaching. And that also could come with its own set of bonuses. Um, you could do a raffle to get people's contact information if you don't already have it. Sometimes people are registered and they bring a guest. If they don't have to register their guest with an email address, you're going to want to do something to gather the information of people who were interested to attend whose information you don't already have. So you can have either a sign-up sheet or collect business cards or have them fill something out. It doesn't matter how you do it. It's what you're doing that's important. And then you can give away your book or a complimentary session, or, you know, whatever it is that would incentivize people to give you their contact information, and also to be excited to hear from you. You don't want to incentivize people to be contacted if it's not a good fit. And do explain the benefit of working with you. Speak to your audience's burning desires. Tell them how you're going to fill that missing piece and bring them closer to what it is that they want in their life and their business so that they want to take the next logical step that you're offering them during this event. Um, <clears throat> let people know what they're going to get out of upgrading or going up leveling, what they're going to get out of your bonus. Why is that important to them? Why do they need it? Um, how you can talk about your call to action. Think about what words to use with your audience that will turn them on 
it might turn off the wrong people, but won't turn off your ideal people. It's okay if your message doesn't appeal to everybody. That is just fine. We have talked about you have your people. They love you. We're not worried about the other people. But we don't want to turn off the people who are your people with the wrong messaging because then that's a disaster. <laughs> and if it happens, don't stress out. Fix the messaging and try again. Always try again. But use questions. You want to think about those in advance. What questions would make your ideal client think about the solution that you're offering? Uh, do use emotion. Touch on people's pain points without being a jerk. And offer a solution if they could uh, join in on you. And whether that's a group coaching program, another event. And what I mean by that is you can speak to people's struggles without picking at their pain. I don't like when people make you feel like if you don't do this thing, your life is never going to change. It's going to be horrible. And that is the fastest way where you can make me leave because I don't believe it. I don't believe it. But now if you say to me, here's where you are and here's where you are, and I can make this so much easier for you and I could help you do it in a more efficient way, then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm about that. But they didn't tell me, hey, without me, you suck. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. You're listening to the Social Savvy Geek Show. I'm Laura Pensatencio. You can download your free event follow-up swipe file from socialsavvygeek.com forward slash podcast and use it to create your own email series. Do join us in the Social Savvy Geek Show Insiders group on Facebook. All right. So now you're probably wondering, what about after the event? You said before, during, and after. That's right. So follow up after the event. This is almost equally ignored with marketing during the event. Sometimes people know, oh, I should make an offer from the stage, but then they don't follow up after the event. And that's, that's not cool. So what does follow up look like? I always recommend having an email series. Um, ask people, did they enjoy the event? Get their feedback, get their testimonials, ask for their aha moments, because if they had them, you want to use those in your marketing and also so that you can make sure you're offering the right things. If there are no aha moments, we might need to retool the event. Um, and then that's all for what could be improved next time. And you can flat ask, what would you like to see? If you could make one improvement, what would it be? Don't be afraid to ask people what could be better. We they might not even have anything. People ask me that all the time. And at, when I'm at like an excellent event, I got nothing. You know, I'm just there to appreciate and bask in the glory of all your work. <laughs> um, then also, you can call people on the telephone. It's not the most glorious thing. I'm not in love with the phone, but I will pick up the phone and call people if it's about, you know, a high level thing, group coaching, something. It's super personal. We need to talk. I need a, you know, a video call or a phone call with you to find out if we're actually a good fit. Like, I'm not just going to invite you into my coaching problem with our problem program <laughs> to solve your problem without a phone call or a video call. So keep following up, I would say, until people tell you to stop. Because sometimes you're like, well, how much should I follow up? Should I keep going? Yes. Yes, you should. Um, Keep following up until you get a no, unless it's a time-sensitive event. Then when the event is gone, stop asking about it. That's just crazy. But if they say no to a specific offer, take people out of that funnel, but leave them in your general communications. But if they opt out or decline um, altogether or unsubscribe, well, then they've said no. They're not your person. Don't worry about them. 
Bye, Felicia. It's good. So then also make sure your follow-up plan is solid. What you want to do is make an outline of how you're going to follow up. Your email, your phone calls, usually a combination, usually a combination. So for email, you want to have your email sequence ready. If you're thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, I have no idea what that would look like, swipe file for you at socialsavvygeek.com forward slash podcast so you can see what it looks like for us. Now don't copy that word for word, that would be weird, but you can see what we're doing and then think, well, how would this work for me? What should I say that's similar to this? Um, What would appeal to my clients? If your clients are super similar, it could just be a matter of rephrasing it into your own language using words that you usually use and that your audience is used to hearing from you. Because it's weird to send an email in somebody else's voice and they're like, who wrote that? Wasn't you. (laughs) Anyway, take it, have it, make it your own before you send it out so it doesn't get weird. Think about that on the show. Don't make things weird. Okay, for phone, you want to have your scripts and a tracking system ready to go. I have not provided you with phone scripts because I'm retooling mine because that is not my area of expertise and I want a phone person to help me redo mine because I am fantastic with the email and you know the talking from stage and talking to you on the radio and all of those things but with the phone I mean I could have organic conversations absolutely I'm I've been talking on the phone my whole life but as far as knowing exactly the questions to ask and exactly how to do that you know I've been doing online and in person so long that I just need to revisit my phone skills. That's all. So I'm enjoying revisiting. I have resisted phone calls. Say moment of moment of truth. I did so much phone calling when I was at a financial advisor. And I did so many phone calls and I was dialing and dialing and dialing and it made me have like a distaste for for talking to people on the telephone about business. Um, I don't really talk to people on the phone for personal either. I either do a, a video like a FaceTime or a, a Zoom or a Skype or I'm not much of much of phone talker. But I think that started primarily when I was a financial advisor because if I look back to like um, middle school, I was on the phone like 24 hours a day, seven days a week. My sister would throw shoes at me and be like, get off the phone. <laughs> True story. Anyway, back to the point of the show. You have to make sure that you're considering all the phases of your event when you're planning your marketing. You want to get people in, get them excited, set the expectations. Then during your event, of course, you want to meet the expectations and serve them in whatever way you've promised that you're going to do. Keep your word. Very important. If you didn't keep your word there, I'm not going to want to do anything with you in the future because I don't trust you anymore. So set the expectation, keep your word, but do allow people to take the next logical step. Don't make it confusing. Confused mind says no. We want yes, yeses. So tell people exactly what to do and you'll get results you like a lot better. I tell you this from experience. When you don't tell people, you don't get. When you ask and you tell, you get more. So that's nice. Um, And then the last step is follow up. 
follow up appropriately and do this in a way that fits in your business and you know you have the time to do it appropriately but at the minimum at least have an appropriate email follow-up series that lets people know that you appreciate them having shown up that you want to know what their experience was like that you care about them there's nothing weirder or like than going to an event and you spent money and you went and then after the event you don't hear one single word from people they don't seem to care if you showed up or not that doesn't make me feel good and that doesn't make me want to go back to the event again or give referrals to people who should go in the future if it's a one-off you know so before during and after before you start you're listening to the social savvy geek show i'm laura pensitencio i'm sharing with you why getting people through the door is not the end of your marketing we will hear from special guest sherilyn roundy on event planning after this word from our sponsors I'm Jessica Ettinger, CNBC. The Dow plunged on fears of a trade war and troubles for tech companies in light of the Facebook breach of users' information. Right now, the Dow is down 388 points. The Nasdaq is down 103 points. It's tech-heavy. And the S&P is down 37 points. Facebook shares have been under pressure after Bank of America slashed its company forecast, citing the hashtag DeleteFacebook trend. The company is reeling in scandal as users are realizing that Facebook knows everything about them but may not have control over who uses that information. Lawmakers are rushing to try to pass a proposed government spending bill today. The government's set to shut down at midnight tomorrow night. Starbucks' new Crystal Ball Frappuccino is in stores now for five days. It starts with a peach tea base and then adds lots of sugary things. Repeating for you, the Dow is down 391. Let's face it, we love Alexa, and we love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. But she could find us easier if we taught her a simple trick. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the 1690 KDMT skill. After she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play 1690 KDMT. That's all you have to do, and Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what's your favorite radio station? That's easy. Money Talk 1690 AM. Hey, I'm Brant. Maybe you've heard me talking about MediShare, but now I give you my friend Sherry. Yes, I have loved MediShare. Loved it. Is that all you have to say? Because this will be a really short. (laughs) No, I really do love it. I've saved hundreds a month. And overall, I just think it's a better choice of a healthcare program for me. I'm really happy with it. And honestly, normally, I don't even like talking about this stuff. Nobody does. But MediShare is different. MediShare members share each other's healthcare bills. We pray for each other. It's a not-for-profit, so we all save money. True. Tell them about the thing. What thing? The online thing. Oh, yeah. I used that the other night. MediShare members can now access a doctor online 24-7. You can get a prescription for the flu or something just that fast. So MediShare can save you hundreds a month. You get to be part of the community. You get a huge network of doctors and providers to choose from. It's all pretty awesome. It's all pretty awesome. It's all pretty awesome. The final verdict from Jerry. So call 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE. Are you a real estate investor who still self-manages your rental properties? Need free time to scale and grow your business while saving money? Take 30 minutes and enjoy a free gold strategy session valued at $500. Hello, I'm Linda Libertori with SecurePay One, the landlord helper. We will help you review your property management software, streamline your redundant tasks, and automate features that will save you time and money. Go to mylandlordhelper.com slash free for a free $500 strategy review session. 
Now, back to the social savvy geek, Laura Pensatencio on KDMT, Denver's Money Talk, 1690 AM. You're listening to the Social Savvy Geek Show. I'm Laura Pensatencio. Find out more about me at socialsavvygeek.com. We're here with Cheryl and Roundy talking about event planning from a florist's perspective. Sherilyn of Pink Floral and Events is an award-winning floral designer. Her artful approach to design has been an ongoing venture for over 20 years. She's been on both the creative and business sides of floral design and events since graduating from college. Sherilyn is a third-generation floral artist with a vast knowledge of wedding and design aspects. She also has a passion for learning about new techniques and emerging floral styles, so she actively pursues opportunities for continuing education and training. Sherilyn has traveled the world studying everything from tropical flowers to European design. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sherilyn. Thank you for having me. I am very pleased. I'm going to read one quote about you and then ask you questions, okay? Okay. Awesome. So this quote is about Sherilyn. And the quote says, her goal is not only to capture the mood of the event, but also pick up on the fun qualities of the honored guest or guests. She'll dig and dig until she has discovered what makes that honoree special or for a corporate event, what is the company's unique culture? With her client's permission, she pushes the envelope when she sees guests smile and nod their heads and say, yes, you nailed it. That's when she knows she's done her job. That is awesome. That is an awesome testimonial right there. <laughs> so Thank my, you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. So my question that comes from that is, how do you tell a brand story for a corporate event using flowers? That can be done in several different ways. Um, flowers can be done by using their color logo that they have mm-hmm. and incorporating that color scheme into the actual um, event, or if they wanted to go more modern and sleek, Mm -hmm. then we just use monotone mute flowers uh, to create more of an elegant look. I see. So you're uh, you're bringing in color palettes and design elements that complement, aesthetically complement the feeling. Correct. Awesome. So I know it's important to create an atmosphere for your event that helps you achieve your mission for holding it in the first place. Your work has a huge impact on that. So tell us how you come up with a plan for that feeling of an event. Well, I asked the client what they would like to see out of the event. Mm -hmm. What's their vision of an event? And they gave me an idea of how they think that their event should feel like. Mm-hmm. Then I take it from there. So it could be, you know, doing mood lighting or up lighting on a wall or making sure that they have the right um, video equipment mm-hmm. to present. Uh, maybe a showcase somebody that's getting an award uh, with them. And then incorporating that into the tablescapes as well, where we're doing different colored table linens where it could be either shiny linens, fluffy linens. Um, it all depends on, you know, what they're looking for. 
Awesome. When, as your last answer uh, makes clear, you do a lot more than plan and arrange flowers for events. So um, you help plan and organize events themselves. Have you always done this or was that a service your clients were asking for? I've always done that. Um, If they're not sure where to go or what direction to go in, um, I've always helped them and guided them to give their event, you know, a pop or a wow mm-hmm. factor that they're looking for. Awesome. And what tips would you give someone planning an event for a few hundred people, you know, up to, say, a thousand? Don't think that an event for that many people is going to happen in six weeks. <laughs> it takes a lot more planning than that. Right. So you're planning in the entire event. So you walk into a room that's a blank slate and you have to think about how many tables you'll need, how many chairs you'll need, um, silverware, um, all the way down to uh, the mood of the room that you're trying mm-hmm. um, to set. That That is definitely good advice. I will say I recently went to look at venues for Social Media Day Denver this year with Aaron Sell. And going into these event spaces when they're not set up is shocking. Correct. (laughs) And you just have to have a a feeling of what a room could look like. Um, Just because the walls are one color doesn't mean that you can't change that with mood lighting or... uh, flower arrangement on the wall, or maybe it's even just plants or paper flower wall for with your logo's compa- company name on it. Um, you can change a, a boring space into a fabulous space, and nobody would know that um, it looked like nothing before. Right. Yeah, the... So the work that you do is absolutely amazing. I mean, it's truly transforma- transformational in this space. Um, so you, tell us kind of your process for if, let's say it's a 200 person event and someone comes to you with plenty of time, um, do they need a prepared budget? Like what, what type of things would it be best if they came to you already knowing, uh, before they ask for your help? Budget is a big factor in holding an event. Some people don't understand that, um, their budget might not be quite enough mm-hmm. for um, what they want to actually achieve in setting the mood for their event. So me guiding them through, well, you know, maybe if we substituted this one fabulous item that you're looking for, you can still kind of achieve the same look um, with it not being as expensive uh-huh. as um, like, for example, a peonies, if you chose peonies, which is a very high-end flower, mm-hmm. for example, maybe you choose a garden flower, a garden rose or something that's not quite as expensive, but will still give you the same color and the same feel. Mm-hmm. It's just all about, you know, balancing that budget. Right, right. Well, and I know um, for myself and others that if you know in advance that you need more budget, you have an opportunity to go and find sponsors to help, you know, foot the bill. Um, But having flexibility of have you considered perhaps this different lighting style or, you know, these tables. But 
do you um so do you help people with table maps and like how to place tables for the flow um I'm not an event planner, so. <laughs> Correct. Correct. It's all about the seating chart, table flows, mm-hmm. maybe a different table design setting that they haven't thought of before. Mm-hmm. That um, is something a little bit more creative. Uh, maybe instead of bringing in, you know, banquet tables that, um, if you're looking for a more elegant use, maybe we use um, mirrored tables oh. in an event or all large king tables um, to give it a grander effect Mm -hmm. in the room where then there's no linens with that. Uh Um, And you bring in fancier seating chairs than um, a standard banquet chair. Very good. And that helps with the feel of the event as well. Yes. Well, and I've noticed that there's a, just a big difference between um, colored tablecloths or white or, you know, uh, neutral color versus, you know, if, if I go into a room and there's uh, table rounds, you have one expectation already from past experiences versus if you go in and there's rows of tables lined up like a workshop. Um, so I, I, I feel like as consumers, we take a lot of those details for granted, but that's your expertise. Correct. And sometimes I'll mix the tables where you still have round tables at the banquet, but we'll do in the center of the room, we'll do the large banquet tables with linens and do it maybe in an X pattern. Um, So you have a combination of both kinds of settings at an event. So they're not all exactly the same. So if people want more information on this because they're just saying, wow, that's amazing. I hadn't even considered that and have an event come up coming up. Um, Tell us where we can find out more about you and your work. And you can always find me on my website at www.pinkfloralandevents.com or you can call me at 720-733-8416. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad that you were able to join us here today because there's so much that goes into these events and I'm just super grateful that you shared your knowledge with us. Well, thank you for having me. You're absolutely welcome. Oh, and I should mention also that you're a fellow polka dot with me. Our last episode, we had on Abby Harrison, also a polka dot from our same Highlands Range chapter. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Thank you for joining us, Sherilyn. You're listening to the Social Savvy Geek Show. I'm Laura Pence-Tencio. Get your free goodies from our show at socialsavvygeek.com forward slash podcast. I will link to Sherilyn's website so you don't have any trouble finding her. And please stay tuned. I'll tell you more about keeping your momentum going during and after your event when we get back from this break. As an entrepreneur, how does this sound to you? Learn how to make your marketing work for you without becoming a slave to your business, even if you don't have a big list. Does this sound like crazy talk? Because it doesn't have to be. This is how marketing is supposed to work. With a proven plan and systems that work, you can make your marketing a powerful, unstoppable force. Monica Miller of Monica Writes and Laura Pence-Atencio of Social Savvy Geek have combined their genius to bring you Marketing That Converts. 
simple, proven systems that can make the difference between scrambling to find your next client and a thriving business with sold-out events, wait lists for private coaching, and online program sales that used to be out of reach. Visit marketingthatconverts.online to find out more. That's marketingthatconverts.online to learn more. Visit marketingthatconverts.online to find out more. That's marketingthatconverts.online to learn more. Looking for adult education classes, workshops, and seminars in Denver? Colorado Free University offers a wide array of adult education classes in the Denver metro area. Their programs include Spanish lessons and classes and other foreign language classes, CompuSkills computer training classes, as well as arts and crafts classes, dance classes, writing classes, career and business classes and seminars, classes in personal growth and development, performing arts workshops, special events, and much more. They recognize that many of the folks who take classes at CFU are small business owners or aspiring entrepreneurs. An area of focus in their programming is putting together a great selection of social media training and online marketing. These days, you can't do business without learning at least a little about using social media and other online marketing tools for your business. Get more information at freeu.com. That's freeu.com. That's free, the letter u.com. We now return to The Social Savvy Geek, Laura Pence-Atencio, on KDMT, Denver's Money Talk, 1690 AM. You're listening to The Social Savvy Geek Show. I'm Laura Pence-Atencio. Find out more about me at socialsavvygeek.com. We're talking about marketing during and after your event. Today, you've learned how to implement a funnel into your live event strategy so you can convert more and increase your sales and revenue. You can immediately begin implementing these easy tips at any stage of your planning. Before the event, ensure you're giving yourself enough time to execute your marketing activities. Get people excited and set expectations. During your event, have a plan in place to present your offer in a way that will resonate with your audience. And then from the stage you wanna present, sign up at the back of the room is an option. Experiment to see what works best for you and your audience. Earlier I talked about checking in, going to other events, experiencing other people's events so that you can take what you like and implement it into your own business. After your event, Know what your follow-up strategy will be and then do it. You have to follow through or having this stuff makes not one little bit of difference. So the takeaway from this episode is primarily uh, plan for the before, the during, and the after while you're still before because you don't want to be scrambling around. And as we learned from Sherilyn, the actual planning of the event takes plenty of time too. So you want to free up your time uh, for working with your event planner by getting your marketing in place uh, and planned as quickly and efficiently as possible. You're listening to the Social Savvy Geek Show. I'm Laura Pensatencio. Find out more about me at socialsavvygeek.com. We're talking about marketing your event from start to finish and beyond. Question and answer. So regarding the follow-up process, I have heard it said that if a person doesn't answer their phone after so many times, then stop calling them. What is your take on this advice? 
probably should have prefaced that by saying this was the first question so you didn't think it was me talking. I'm going to read it again. <laughs> Regarding the following up process, I have heard it said that if a person who doesn't answer their phone after so many times, then stop calling them, what is your take on this advice? Well, you have to figure out what is a good use of your time. And if dialing a number where people aren't answer, answering um, is not a good use of your time, then try it. Uh, less frequently, but I really feel like if it's a valid number and it's confirmed as their number, there's no one like stop calling them after some specific amount of time. As long as the reason you're calling them is still valid, then keep calling. I, I think that people need to put on their big girl and big boy pants and answer the phone and tell you to stop calling. And if they don't do that, then you have every right to continue calling. So, I mean, it's okay to say no. But if you don't want to work with someone, just tell them so. Don't be all passive and just not answer the phone. And that's not your question. That's just general advice. <laughs> uh, don't be afraid to tell people no. And if you're the person calling and someone hasn't told you no, then keep calling. Second question. If no one is signing up for my event, which I have created a few funnels for, what should be my next step? It seems to be a recurring theme for questions. People are unsure that people are going to show up for their event or sign up. Um, so I would say if no one is signing up for your event and you've done the work, then get a second set of eyes on that work to see if there's something that you're not seeing because we all are too close to our own projects. So if you need feedback, get into a Facebook group. I know a good one at the Social Savvy Geek Show Insider group on Facebook. You can try that one. And also have um, Marketing That Converts with Monica Miller. There's two resources right there where you can get in and get a peer review of your uh, stuff that you're working on. Okay, next question. What are some other calls to action if I'm not upgrading people from my event to another event or a coaching program? All right. Well, if you don't have another event on the books, I would ask you why not? Even if it's a quarter away, you should know something is coming. That's why we do the marketing calendar. So firstly, put something else on the on the calendar. Um, but if you don't have another event or coaching program, then let them know what is the next step. Read my blog, listen to my podcast, um, call me for a free consultation or call me for a paid consultation. And it all depends on where you are in your business. But there should always be a next thing on your calendar. If there's not a next thing on your calendar, I would address that before worrying about this particular question. Um, and that's something that we all do. So don't think I'm coming down on you. Just that happens. Um, next question. What kind of after event funnel system do you use and how do you know if it's working? Well, I know if it's working because people sign up for the next thing. And also when you use email delivery or uh, a messenger chat bot like ManyChat, you can see your statistics. You can you get analytics. You can see if people are interacting or not. So I know that if, you know, half the people from my event opened the follow-up email and I got only a couple of clicks, that's not very effective. But if most of the people opened up that first email and then half the people clicked on it, I would consider that a win. 
Um, it really depends on how warm your audience is. You sh- you, you'll know what your own numbers are. Because um, if you're, you know, cold emailing, I think like 20 to 30% is considered excellent right now. Um, but if you've just had an event with people and they signed up for your stuff, you should be getting a near 100% open rate, in my opinion. I mean, that's what I see for myself um, and clients. But if there's some sort of dissonance, if, if people aren't connecting with your message and they're dropping off at some point during the funnel, then we need to readdress that piece because that's where the, the where the break is, which is why... I love tracking what we're doing, what's working, and getting uh, a baseline. Once you have a baseline, you can try to improve. And if things go the other way, then something's not right. Okay. Last question. What is the recommended time frame to begin promoting my events with all of my various funnels? I've heard it said six weeks or even further out. Yes, six weeks or even further out is correct. (laughs) I don't like to market anything um, faster than six weeks. Now, Sometimes something will pop onto your calendar that was a really good, um, say, podcast interview or something like that, where it's not a huge commitment on your side and you could just add it in. Well, then you're not going to market it that far out, but you're probably also not responsible for getting people to show up and listen to it. It's kind of a after the fact marketing or I'm going to be on tomorrow and here's the replay. But aside from that, six weeks out or further is great. Six weeks is good for a small event. The larger the event, the more planning that goes into it, the more moving pieces and people involved, the further out you want to start. So for example, a big uh, industry-wide conference, you're looking at 18 months, you know, minimum. If you're going for, you know, a thousand person event, that's a little bit smaller, you might do a year. Um, You can do it faster if you have more people and more budget. But I recommend starting earlier and spending less money because I like it that way. You're listening to the Social Savvy Geek Show. I'm Laura Pensitencio. Listen to past episodes at socialsavvygeek.com forward slash podcast. We're talking about event marketing. And it's time for announcements. April 12th from 6 to 9 p.m. in Arvada, Colorado at Office Evolutions, Monica Miller is hosting Blogging Made Easy for Business Owners, an interactive workshop where you'll learn how to create your content from start to finish all the way down to getting visible after you hit publish on your blog. Tickets are $47 per person and space is limited. Go to socialsavvygeek.live forward slash blogging made easy to register. We are a proud sponsor of Monica's event. Um, I am hosting upcoming marketing success workshop series right here in Aurora, Colorado at Office Evolution Southlands, which is my regular office location. Those will be on the, they're all Wednesdays, the 4th, 11th and 18th of April. And they're from one to four. You can learn to plan and implement the nine pillars I teach on this show. Get more details at socialsavvygeek.com forward slash workshop. If you're outside Denver and feeling a little left out at this minute, don't worry. This next announcement is for you no matter where you live. I am opening up a small group coaching and mastermind program online. It's limited to a maximum of five participants. It is by application only. Go to socialsavvygeek.com forward slash group program to see details and apply right now. Join us next time as we talk about consistency in your messaging from promotion to event to sales funnel. 
That show will be about messaging, how to maintain consistent messaging and set expectations and follow through with them with your words through, before, during, and after. I have a question for you. Answer me on the Social Savvy Geek Insiders group on Facebook. Before you listen to this show, had you considered your actions during and after your event as marketing or not? There's no right or wrong answer here. I'm just curious. Had you thought of your events during your during the show, during the main event, while you're doing what you're doing, had you considered that you're still marketing? Or did you just think the marketing stopped uh, once people were in? Because uh, I, I, I feel like people are... Um, not thinking of the actual event as continued marketing, even though we say it's part of your marketing. So I'm curious, did you think of it as marketing before you listen to this or not? Um, and again, there's no right or wrong answer. I'm just curious. This entire episode has been about funnels before, during and after. And I'm a big fan of funnels. We all know this. Planning out the path that people are going to take, that you're going to lead them down, um, is super important. If you, as the guide, are lost in where you're taking people or where you're sending them or in asking people where they want to go and directing them there, then they're not going to come. Like You're the leader of your business. You're the leader in your marketing and you need to be asking people to come along with you down this path and getting them in the door is the first priority. But then once they're there, you can't stop marketing. It's, it's not finished. It's quite frankly, marketing is never finished. And I think that that sounds overwhelming and intimidating and daunting to people who aren't marketers, but that's, that's just the way it is. <laughs> now I have songs in my head from Williamsburg, Virginia, where I grew up. That's just the way it is. No, okay, I will not sing at you. I promise. I stop right now. But thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you coming along this journey with me. If you need more help or insight, hop into the Social Savvy Geek Insiders group on Facebook and get your questions answered. That group is free. When you ask questions in that group, it helps me answer that question for more people than just yourself. If you have a question, there's 99 more people with exactly the same questions who haven't spoken up and said, hey, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me? And you will be surprised how much insight you can get from your peers who are having the same questions when you open up and say, hey, this is what's going on. And here's my question. What do you think? And then 10 more people will hop on your thread and say, me too, I'm following this. It happens all the time. So do not be afraid to ask your question because I'm here to help you. Caitlin's here to help you. We've got other people who have the same question who need you to ask your question. So do it. Thanks for joining us today on the Social Savvy Geek Show. I appreciate you. Until next time, join our conversation.